This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. Here we go. Here we go. Comedy Alive. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who was not ordered to pay $355 million in a New York fraud case. No, ma'am. Donald Trump, in unprecedented fashion, tried and ordered to pay a record-breaking fine for a murder charge that has no victim. It was made up by these sick people. A stampede of stupidity in the court system that we'll get into, as well as new claims from Charlemagne the God that Biden's elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Oh, it's going to be a chippy Monday episode of the show. We're packing the foil. We are playing old style hockey. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Radio Hanson Brothers, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910-888-788-9910. You know the rules on the show. They're the same as they are on the TV show that I host every Saturday night on the Fox News channel. Everybody's welcome. Uh, You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... There it is. Uh, We begin with a word of thanks. If you watched me on Fox News Saturday night this past weekend, uh, great show for us, and this is for you. Thanks. Thanks for checking in. Uh, If you want to catch some Failavision tonight, we will be getting the band back together with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf here at Fox News. Uh, So congratulations to them in advance on what will obviously be a ratings bump because I'm on the panel. However, are there any rounds of applause for the judicial system here in New York? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. Let's just do it to it. Let's cut right to the chase because I'm fired. I'm fired up about this one. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. For real, I filled in for Gutfeld on the five this past Friday. If you watched it and no, I did not get taller. Uh, that's just the booster seat I'm sitting on when I'm in his chair. But the point is, as I was filling in for Gutfeld this past Friday, uh, it happened just as the Trump verdict came down. $355 million in penalties, but understands no one, no one is claiming to be a victim. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? So understand this. Trump is accused of defrauding lenders. That's what he's accused of. He defrauded lenders. However, is there one single solitary lender who is accusing Trump of fraud? Nobody. Is there anyone accusing Trump? Oh, I don't know. Maybe of a late payment. Did Trump inflating the values of his properties cause anyone else to lose money? 
yet they charged him anyway. That's not right. It's the straight politicization of our justice system. Uh, The judge who presided over the case was a clown. And you understand this was a case brought by Letitia James, who ran on the very idea that she was going to try and convict Donald Trump. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Because in theory, if you're operating in a justice system with any integrity, the prosecution is already tainted by her political bias. You understand, Letitia James is an election denier. Okay, she calls Trump an illegitimate president. Now, we are to believe if you question the legitimacy of an election, you're supposed to die in prison. That's what they want you to know. Okay, that's why they're trying to take Trump off the ballot, or at least that's the justification they were trying to use in Maine and Colorado. But lo and behold, here is an attorney general, Letitia James, who flat out says Trump is an illegitimate president. That in itself Okay, in the Democratic worldview, we're now being forced to accept would be some type of a grounds for a treason charge. But getting past the obvious political bias of the case is the reality that nobody, nobody in the history of this law has ever been charged for fraud without there being a victim. Bingo. The reason this is significant is because you understand This is the financial equivalent of charging someone with murder, but we don't have a body. We don't have a death. We don't have anyone alleging a death. We don't have anyone investigating a death. We don't have a chalk outline. We don't have a white Bronco chase down the highway. We got nothing. Okay, and it's all going on for no other reason than because they're hell-bent on getting Trump. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Now, listen, I'm not even sitting here telling you that, you know, Trump is the patron saint of politicians. He's never done anything wrong in his life. But I am telling you he's being attacked in an unprecedented manner and portrayed as a threat. But in this instance, the people who claim claim they're protecting democracy and our faith in the judicial process. They're the ones out there that are completely undermining it. Correct the mundo. Okay, it's really fascinating stuff when you watch it. And what you understand is it's not coming back to hurt Trump in the polls because this is the billionth time that they've tried to do this to us. Here is Charlemagne. He was on ABC this weekend. Uh, ABC This Week is the name of the show. He was on ABC This Week over the weekend. And Charlemagne was talking about how they are the Democrats of the party that's cried wolf. And no one takes any of these accusations against Trump seriously anymore. And he's not wrong because this is what they've been doing since the beginning of time. It started out with, oh, no, you don't understand. This guy's a Russian. Wrong. And they were like, well, he uh, he didn't condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. He didn't do it. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. And that was a lie. Then they were like, oh, no, he bashed, you know, uh, the veterans. He said he didn't like the veterans. Wrong. Didn't go on, man. They're like, he threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine. Wrong. He didn't, though. That's the problem. You know who threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine if we were going to get technical? I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Whoa! So that's Biden telling Ukraine to fire a prosecutor or they're not getting a billion dollars in foreign aid from our government. He should be behind bars! I mean, again, they impeached Trump because they claimed, they claimed, that Trump threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine, that is Biden bragging about it, of doing it, actually bragging about doing it, saying it happened, and this is how we got our way in Ukraine. Okay, understand that everything they're trying to charge Trump with, Biden is guilty of. Okay, I don't know about inflating real estate assets because, to be clear, my sister, who is a lender, we talked about this at great length over the weekend. I interviewed Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank on my show Saturday night. They both are pretty upfront about the fact that this would be disastrous for business if this was, in fact, a real process. Because when two people take out a loan, both the lender and the borrower, it is incumbent upon them to do their due diligence. Meaning Trump couldn't have gotten this money with these inflated assets unless the bank was okay with it. Oh, wow. And it is par for the course in real estate that we work on arbitrary asset worth. Why? Because it ultimately comes down to the bank's needs and wants and their appraisal of the borrower that ultimately dictates how much money gets lent to who and when. Meaning what Trump engaged in was the most routine of routine business transactions in the world, which means if there's any integrity whatsoever to the appeals process, this is getting thrown right out. Yet they're still sitting here, okay, trying to take him down because these verdicts cause him to spend money, okay? If he has to liquidate assets, they're trying to humiliate the guy. They're trying to bankrupt his campaign. But again, if you think you have the superior candidate with the superior policies, with the appeal to the American people, are you out there jailing your political opponents? The answer would be the no. The answer would be no. Are you trying to bankrupt them? The answer would the be answer no. The answer would be no. And what's fascinating is Vladimir Putin's awful. Okay, the Democrats do want you to spend every dollar you have defending Ukraine and its borders, even though they're kind of derelict in their duty to defend ours. But the reality is the Democrats, I don't know that they're killing their political opponents, but they're certainly, certainly undermining faith in democracy by jailing them and trying to find them within an inch of their lives. And over the weekend, Kathy Hochul, our governor, if you remember, she was sworn in in place of the outgoing governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Well, Andy got in trouble, if you remember, because he had a little bit of an office etiquette problem when he was behind closed doors with the ladies. You ever seen a grown man naked? But anyway, his replacement, Kathy Hochul, tried to reassure business owners over the weekend, all of whom hit the panic button when they heard you're now going to go to jail or be fined. If your assessments of property you've borrowed against in the past are off by whatever the current market worth happens to be. And she basically admitted, no, you guys got nothing to worry about. We were just using this law as a means uh, to an end to getting Donald Trump. At the end of the day, we're not actually going to apply justice evenly. This was just like a one time exception. That's where we find ourselves when it comes to politics in the year 2024. There's a manufactured hysteria 
that surrounds Donald Trump. The reason I call it a manufactured hysteria is not because he doesn't say crazy things, okay? But Trump has been a public figure for the better part of the last 40 years, and he's always said crazy things, okay? He's always been a little pugnacious. He's always exaggerated. He's always attacked his critics. There is only one Donald Trump. I think he's got a point. And when he entered politics, everybody, everybody who hung out with Donald Trump, everybody, okay, whether they were MSNBC anchors, or they were NBC executives. Don't ever forget, Donald Trump hosted a primetime show on NBC for 15 straight years. It was the highest rated show on the channel. Okay, so Donald Trump was not some fringe lunatic hanging out in the shed with a couple of skinheads. Okay, Donald Trump was the guy from Celebrity Apprentice. Okay, the guy in Home Alone 2. Okay, the guy that went on The View, the guy that went on Morning Joe, the guy that hung out with Barbara Walters, the guy that was on Howard Stern constantly back when Howard was the king of all media. As we know, Howard is such a grievance-minded diva. He has gone from the king of all media to, like, the Prince Harry of all media. Okay, they tried chasing Jimmy Fallon off the air at MSNBC because he must Donald Trump's hair in a one-on-one interview. They're like, oh, how dare you normalize Donald Trump, guys. When Jimmy Fallon must Donald Trump's hair, he was doing so to a guest who was the highest rated host on the channel for 15 years. Okay, the idea that he hadn't already been normalized is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yet when Trump entered politics, they manufactured this hysteria. Who is this man? We're all going to die, they said about the guy they'd been hanging out with for the past 40 years. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did him. But understand, not everybody bought into the manufactured hysteria. And the problem over the course of time is it got so emotional for the people trying to sell this to you that they lost their self-awareness. Okay, when you operate from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness, the ability to take a step back and say to myself, hey, do I sound nuts? Is this a little over the top? Is my emotion getting me to behave in a way that I wouldn't if I was calm? You know, when you get in a fight with a spouse or a significant other, okay, and you call each other names, and then an hour later you're like, sorry, you know, Jenny, I didn't mean to call you a one-legged pirate hooker. You clearly have both legs. Uh, The point is, okay, when you come down, you kind of, you regain clarity. Okay, the problem for the Democrats, the problem for the media, the problem for the members of our judicial system who are trying to bring these cases against Donald Trump from a place of emotion. They patently hate the guy. They bought into their own manufactured hysteria. And then there's this other angle to this whole thing, which is that prosecutors like Letitia James can run and get campaign money based on other folks' hatred for Trump. Fannie Willis, I mean, are you kidding me? Fannie Willis was able to run for DA and make money to to finance her affairs with the guy she was sleeping with. By going after Trump. I love it when you talk dirty. Well, that's what she did. Okay, Alvin Bragg, a local prosecutor trying to indict Trump on federal charges, something he doesn't have the jurisdiction to do. But it's not about convicting Trump in the court of law. It's about convicting him in the court of public opinion, making a bigger name for yourself. Fundraising. Okay, becoming a more prominent national because you're going after the bad guy, Donald Trump. And that's what we're saddled with as we get out of bed or get back onto the air today to start what's going to be a very chippy week of radio. Okay, they're not going after Trump because he's out of control. They're going after Trump because they are. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. 
critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you didn't see it over the weekend, Donald Trump selling out <laughs> has his own sneaker line uh, that he unveiled over the weekend at SneakerCon and immediately sold out. <laughs> I don't even know why I find it funny. There's just something about, you know, they're a gold shoe. They've got a flag on them. It's never backed down. And here's Trump speaking about it in Pennsylvania, clip one. I just want to tell you, you know, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I have some incredible people that work with me on things, and they came up with this. And this is something I've been talking about for 12 years, 13 years. And I think it's going to be a big success. Your influences have been very positive. They've been real influences, and they love it, and they love what we've done. That's the real deal. And we're going to remember the young people and... We're going to remember SneakerCon, you know that. We're going to remember the young people, the young people especially that wear sneakers, right? (laughs) I don't know. It's one of those Trump things that you find funny and you don't know why. I love the poorly educated. It's just like one of those random Trumpian things. But, you know, essentially they're trying to fundraise creatively. There's a GoFundMe out there that's raised almost a half a million to help Trump with his legal defense. Uh, So, you know, guys, just $355 million to go. (laughs) But I don't, you know, you could like Trump, you could hate Trump. It's not my job as a radio host to tell you how to feel or how to vote. As a sports fan, though, you really have to admire, because he's the Joe Frazier of presidents. You know, Joe Frazier was willing to eat three billion jabs because, heaven forbid, he got close enough to land that left hook. Uh, You were just on your back. You were staring up at the lights in the arena. Uh, That is Trump for all intents and purposes. The guy eats so many punches. Like, it's scary to me. Like, you'd almost think he'd be the one with the dementia in this race. Uh, But let's be very clear. That's Joe Joe Biden. Tell him like it is. Okay, we're going to play some Biden clips over the weekend where he confuses funding for Ukraine with funding for NATO. Biden is such a disaster. And why is that disastrous? Because Ukraine is not a member of NATO. He knows what he's talking about. This is bad. 
Uh, but Trump pushing back, but he's willing to take on all comers. And I think it's something that rank and file voters admire about the guy. Okay, if you're a working class dude, you don't have the luxury of dodging opponents. When your alarm goes off at three in the morning, you got to go milk cows. Okay, if you're a cop riding around in a car, somebody's waving a knife down at the mall, you got to go down there and bust somebody's ass. That's what you do. You play the teams on the schedule. And that's the most Trumpian thing of all that people really do admire. We'll get into what they don't admire about Biden next. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. And here we are, fired up. we got a lot to get into regarding the 2024 election. Uh, but joining us now on the phone, someone I would vote for. I don't know what he'd run for, but I met him at a book signing recently. James is on the line from Elmont. Yo, James. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? Jimmy, did you ever open the box? Because it looked like it was a little bit of a... You know, like a booby trap box. Well, just just to Did get our open the box? just to get our listeners up to speed on what this is. And James, thank you for coming out to the book event at Barnes and Noble. Uh, James and I met, uh, I think, outside the store on the way in. I was with Jenny Fallon and a couple of publicists and everything in between. But to answer your question of what you handed me and whether or not I opened it, uh, I did, and I found a phenomenal Star Wars model inside. Did I get the correct box? You got it. Yes, you did. All right. I was, forgot to tell your wife that there was a pencil in his head in there, and when you opened it, it looked like it was booby trapped. So I was no, oh, James, afraid that you let, never opened it. No, no, no. Let's be honest. I'm married. It did look like a bomb, which is exactly why my wife had me open it. I'm married 20 years. Ah, okay. That's what I told her. I told her, you got to let Jimmy open it. Yeah, see, if... Oh, man, that's at, great, Jim. At, at the one-year mark, that package would have been handed to Fox Security. But at the 20-year mark, that's the difference. Jenny's like, you know, this looks explosive. You should open it. And she walked away, uh, started shopping with that life insurance money. But thank you, James. It's phenomenal. It was great. And I love the way you did the inserts to actually pull it out of the box, like the protective box yeah. you built around it. It's impressive. Exactly. Yes. Well, I built stairs for 14 years, so I'm pretty good at building stuff. Well, I want you to be in charge of the southern border. What do you say? Uh, that's a mess. I don't. We got to get the right guy in there, and you know who that is. <laughs> oh man, James. All right. So you draw the you draw the line at the border wall. Well, then keep building models. They really were great. And uh, I told everybody at Fox, uh, you know, if anybody needs a thing, you're the guy. So I appreciate you, buddy. Well, that's great. Jimmy, um, I told your wife that I left my number in there. And if you wanted any more models, I'm oh. glad to build them for you. Buddy, I will track you down. Thank you. Because the work really was excellent. And it's funny because 
Uh, my regular staff is on vacation this week, Mikey and Josh. Well, what, it's, you know, it's rehab. Obviously, we're calling it vacation. It sounds more glamorous. But uh, I raved about you when I got back here because I did a – it's funny. I did a book signing with Dana Perino the day after I met you, uh, and Jenny and I were down in Jersey with the Perino uh, bunch, and uh, we talked about you because, you, you know, all the fun things people bring to gifts to, to uh, you know, events. And uh, you stole the show, James, so take a bow. Oh, thank you. And Jimmy, those things take hours to make. Oh, I don't I, doubt I, You could see what kind of work you got to go. Does, J- James, you've put in a lot more work for this show than I have. I got to be honest with you. But thank you. <laughs> Listen, I've been with you ever since day one. So oh, keep it up, man. You're the man. Thank you, brother. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you when I'm back in your hood. We'll get together again. You, me, and C3PO. You got it. The All gr- right. I know where to find you at the deli. <laughs> the great James. There he goes. Talking Star. I have a soft spot for anybody who wants to talk Star Wars. Uh, you know, I did date a couple of Wookiees in my 20s. Listen, man. Nickel Beer Night out on Long Island. Nickel Beer Night at McKeebs. Okay, if you're showing up to Nickel Beer Night uh, single, the good news is you're definitely going home with somebody. Okay? The bad news is you're definitely going home with somebody. No! Oh, no, no! Nickel Beer Night. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, if we're going to talk about bad ideas. OK, let's go right in. We'll talk about the president. The reason why Charles McBee is going to be joining us later in the show. Now, McBee, some of you recognize as a regular on this show. Uh, he's a regular on Fox News Saturday night. My TV show opens for me on the road from time to time. But in showbiz, McBee, who just wrote for the Emmys, uh, was the head writer for Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God. Uh, famously hosted a show on Comedy Central and, of course, has his own radio show, the one where Hillary Clinton got caught pandering to black voters by claiming she had hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. (laughs) She said she walked around with a bottle of hot sauce. You are so full of s***. So funny. Okay, believe me. If she, if she was using hot sauce, it was to marinate the old president's nuts when he got in trouble with it. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> Spice him up a little bit. Teach that guy to cat around with the interns. I believe that together we can make America great again. But Charlemagne, who has on a lot of prominent Democratic politicians, is the show where Biden famously threatened to take away everybody's black card. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Well, apparently, like the rest of us, Charlemagne has been paying attention to Biden uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, at least in his case. We've been paying attention for years. Okay, we were on board with talking about Biden and uh, the elevator having a lack of a grasp on getting to the top floor way back when he said, make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. But here is, okay, the recent vintage Biden that Charlemagne's reacting to. Let's start with clip three. So the idea that we're going to walk away from Ukraine, the idea that we're going to let NATO begin to split, is totally against the interests of the United States of America. So it's about time we make sure that Congress come home and pass the legislation funding NATO. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Okay. The idea we're going to walk away from Ukraine, okay, the idea that you're going to let NATO begin to split is totally against the interest of the U.S. About time we make sure that Congress comes home and passes through the legislation funding NATO. There's no legislation on the table to fund NATO. Uh, There is legislation 
on the table to fund Ukraine, but understand Ukraine, not a member of NATO. That's true. That is true. Okay. Biden's a mess. I don't take any joy in saying it. Okay. None. It's, I get nothing out of it. I'm a mess. Okay. I'm 47. I'm a mess. I'm sure I'm going to get messier. Okay. Biden is, you know, almost 40 years older than I am. Okay. Here is Charlemagne weighing in on ABC's This Week. Okay. And there is a commonality to the reporting that we're seeing now on Joe Biden. Okay, Charlemagne is not a member of the mainstream media. Okay, and I just want to make that point of clarity because he's very much his own man. He speaks for himself. I'm not telling you he's gone Republican. I'm just telling you he's very underwhelmed by Joe Biden, as is pretty much anybody paying attention to him. But when Politico uh, runs a damning piece on the Bidens and James Biden and his involvement with Hunter's deals and Joe Biden's interference on behalf of Hunter, you understand when stories like this start surfacing, the hit has been put out in the media on Joe Biden. Oh, I'm in trouble. And the reason we know that's the case is because ABC would never book a guy like Charlemagne a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. Because understand, Charlemagne has been critical of Joe Biden all year long. He's not new to the party. But what is new is him appearing on a show like ABC this week because traditionally they only wanted guests who were running a human shield for the Biden administration. That is correct. So the idea that Politico can now trash Biden The Washington Post, the New York Times can run op ads about Biden being too old and out of it. Again, public polling on Biden's cognitive state has been the same for four years. For the last four years, people have looked at Joe Biden and said, we've got a guy who's just, you know. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. That's the last four years of polling on Joe Biden. It's only getting acknowledged by the media. Okay, because they now look at historically low poll numbers and realize it's now or never if they're going to get the guy off the ballot. So they're starting to be upfront about the fact that Joe Biden's a, you know, a little bit of a mess. I keep forgetting I'm president. Okay, here's Charlemagne calling Biden. Okay, on ABC this week, a place he would never have a forum to do so a month ago, a year ago. But here he is talking about it. Clip four. He's just an uninspiring candidate. Like, you know, there's nothing about, you know, Joe Biden that makes you want to listen to him. That's why he should be leaning on, you know, his vice president. You Has know? she but, met your expectations? Yeah, no, she hasn't. Like, Donald Trump is, what, four years, three years younger than President Biden, but he just comes off a lot more youthful. He <laughs> comes off a lot more youthful. I admire your honesty. I believe the term was youthful. Here's more of it, though. He's talking about Biden and not being a main character. Clip five. He has no main character energy at all. None. And what is that? Is that age? Is it the way he is? I mean, why, why do you, what, what's the problem? I don't think it has anything to do with, 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 with age. You know, I think it has just everything to do with, with him. Oh, man. Biden sucks. So he's not even saying he's old age. He's just saying, you know, you don't look at Joe Biden and feel inspired. You don't say that's a lead guy. I mean, is there anybody out there, any object, objective observer who's watching Joe Biden get led on, on and off the stage? who's watching Joe Biden get lost mid-speech, sometimes quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Is anyone watching that guy and saying to themselves, oh, no, no, this this fella, he's leading the whole world. He's not leading anything. He's not in charge of anything. Joe Biden shouldn't be running water, let alone running the country. And I don't think Charlemagne is an outlier in saying that. I don't give him any credit for saying that. Because he's only saying what the rest of us have been saying for the better part of four years. The guy's a mess. And I understand Trump hatred 
was the justification for voting Biden. Okay, they're hoping that Trump hatred will get them over the top again for another election cycle where they have such an overwhelming candidate. But the reality is people who lived in this country under Trump found it better than they do under Biden. Okay, 76 percent of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction right now. Okay, if the economy was better under Trump, crime was better, the border was better and foreign policy was better. What case do you have for Biden besides none? You are correct, sir. Okay, and here is a little more of that. Uh, This is clip six. Do you get blowback from the White House? Because you even now in this conversation, you're very tough on Biden. So when you when you say something critical, do you hear from him? Yeah, and I think that's the stupid devil because I yeah. think that um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. but we can bleep that. I, out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like you should be able to criticize whoever your elected official is, right? Yeah. And and even if I do criticize them, I'm criticizing them because of what I see coming up in November. I see what we're facing. So what I'm saying to them is, where is the sense of urgency? Corn pop was a bad dude. That's so funny. Where is the sense of urgency? (laughs) Again, a question a lot of us were asking four years ago when we heard this clip. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, But what you're really running into now in this moment, and it is so unique, is that ABC is bringing on people who they know are going to be critical of Biden. The Washington Post from time to time now running op-eds that are critical of Biden. Okay, you're seeing it occasionally from places like CBS, who also ran an embarrassing story yesterday claiming media watchdogs, media watchdogs say the hype against Biden's age is overblown. That is a fact check false. And then when they did the media watchdog article, They just put up a graphic of Mother Jones and Media Matters, which are so liberal they wanted to defund the comp and the village people. That was embarrassing. It really was. CBS is like, oh, the media watchdogs. There's no media watchdogs. No one watching anything thinks Joe Biden's elevator goes all the way to the top floor. It's not news. Okay, but the reason you harp on this is because there is a... uh, For the first time probably since he got back into presidential politics, there is a green light behind closed doors for outlets to start talking about what we all have known to be true. Here is Ezra Klein, New York Times columnist, on his own show, calling on Biden to step down as a political hero. Uh, Because uh, essentially Ezra Klein says, you know, anything but Trump, you can't have Trump get elected again. Heaven forbid. I mean, you can't have the guy who secures the border, gets us out of World War III, you don't want that. better economy, lower crime. Heaven forbid that should happen. I mean, it'd be nice, but 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 at the same time, he's going to tweet weird stuff and you'd rather get mugged and have your border overrun. I mean, who doesn't love World War Three? It's way better than Twitter wars. Am I right, you guys? This is what we're dealing with. This is the level of stupidity. That being said, as recline, at least makes the case that Biden has to go. So for that partial credit, clip nine to say this is a media invention that people are worried about Biden's age because the media keeps telling them to be worried about Biden's age. If you've really convinced yourself of that in your heart of hearts, I almost don't know what to tell you. In poll after poll, 70 to 80 percent of voters are worried about his age. This is not a thing people need the media to see. I think Biden, as painful as this is, should find his way to stepping down as a hero. And then I think Democrats should meet in August at the convention to do what political parties have done at conventions so many times before. 
organize victory. Oh, so he is trying to rally the troops and make no mistake about it. This is the play I keep talking about. Some of you get mad when I say it. If the Democrats bring Biden off the ticket in August, he agrees to go and uses it to harpoon Trump in the process. Hey, guys, I've done this job as an 80-year-old man. It's too hard. Okay, for the good of the country, I'm not going to seek a second term, but I'm going to tell you Donald Trump shouldn't either because it's too hard as an 80-year-old man. Okay, that is, for all intents and purposes, the harpoon that could sink Trump, especially if the Democrats show up with somebody in their 50s who's charismatic and not under as many investigations as Biden is or as many investigations as Trump is. Okay, he could walk out of this as a martyr, so to speak, who gave up his grip on power, or at least his wife's grip on power anyway, uh, in the name of protecting the country against the existential threat they want you to believe Donald Trump is. That's the scenario where you could see Biden coming off the ticket, but it's not clear whether or not he has the hubris to do it, okay, because Joe Biden is an arrogant a-hole. Uh, who has been lying to the American people for power or at least some proximity to it for as long as he's been alive. So I think the questions about his mental health are going to keep on coming. And I think Biden's going to stay in the pocket and keep on answering them. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day on the show. Jason Chaffetz, former Utah congressman, has a special security clearance in, in the House back in the day. Uh, and knows an awful lot about the space nukes. Remember they were telling us last week that we were going to get nuked by Vladimir Putin because of some thing he had out in space? I got a bad feeling about this. Well, don't have a bad feeling because Joe Biden has offered to personally call Russia's president, Mikhail Gorbachev. He will get to the bottom of this at some point soon, so you don't have to panic. But Chaffetz knows a lot about it and has some keen insights into what's happening behind closed doors in the Democratic Party. He's going to join us in the next hour. Charles McBee is going to be here as well. Uh, He's, of course, former head writer for Charlemagne the God, and he will weigh in on Charlemagne's attacks against Joe Biden. Uh, Not that that's the theme. You can call in about anything you want, but Steve's in Pensacola Beach, and I I think Steve's got a Biden take. Steve-O! Oh, yeah, I mean, it's been a while. Uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of things. This is your favorite felon over in Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm aware. And, listen, and let me tell you, we talked about Hunter Biden's gun case. We talked about a lot of things. Yep. But about eight months ago, we talked about how Biden looked like a deer in headlights. Yep. Remember, we were sitting yep. there talking about now he looks like a possum. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, there's a big difference for yeah. us Southerners. When a deer, deer's usually trying to, bolt across the road a possum will just get out there and get run over yeah that's what he looks like now oh it's it's beyond i it's believe it because i the possum at least chooses what direction it goes in at some point in the scenario you just described I, you know, Biden is a possum if the possum uses a teleprompter to tell him which side of the street to stand on. It is scary uh but it's the kind of keen analysis we expected from you steve and you delivered the goods Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, there it is. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. One of my buddies, Jason Chaffetz, former member of the United States House of Representatives, congressman from Utah, now a Fox News contributor. Going to take us inside the 2024 race for the White House and tell us who might be outside of that race any minute now. Come on, man. Chaffetz was an early adapter to the whole Biden's not going to be on the ticket thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Plenty of us said Biden shouldn't be on the ticket. Biden's lost his marbles. But in terms of it not actually happening, uh, Jason Chaffetz had a real theory, and we're starting to see it bear some fruit. We will get into it in this hour. Uh, we will talk about the weaponization of our justice system against Donald Trump. That's actually a thing. It's, you know, it doesn't make me happy to say it. Uh, and we'll continue. We will continue. As the world burns, we will continue to roast some marshmallows on the blaze. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Boom, there it is, 888-788-9910. If you're new to the show, uh, we take the issues seriously. We just don't take ourselves seriously because talk radio, okay, talk radio, okay, is something that makes this country great if it's done properly, meaning if it's a talk show, you can have an opinion, I can have an opinion. That's called America. Freedom! Okay, but if it's just me screaming at you, and trying to beat my ideology into your skull, okay, at some point it stops being a talk show and it starts being a partisan activist lecture. Okay, I don't want to be a part of that, and the main reason why is because I'm very confident in conservative principles, so I want liberals on the show. Did you know last week we had Kevin Walling on? Kevin Walling, he actually worked on Joe Biden's campaign. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. But we had him as a good guy, we laughed. You know, this Friday we're having Jessica Tarloff on. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 You stop it. Tarloff's a friend, man. I hang out with her. I talked to her off the air. We were on the 5 together on Friday. What do you think I did on the ride home from the 5? I called Tarloff on the phone. Talked about our children, okay? She's got a little baby, baby Cleo. I've got Lincoln, the six foot five baby. I keep kicking his ass in Madden. Shut your mouth. But the point is, we're just parents just trying to make our way in the world. We definitely have dueling political ideologies. But the whole point of being alive is not to hate people who disagree with you. Okay. And if we're ever going to get the country back into a place of prosperity, we're going to do so not by fighting for control. Okay. Because the end result of a fight for control is we've gotten to this place now. You've all seen it. Where two kids are in the back seat on a road trip, they don't want to share the toy. Mom wants to play with my transformer. I'm not giving it to him. It's like he won't share the transformer. You know, they tug back and forth, and then eventually they just break the transformer in half. That's where we find ourselves now. Okay, the kids are fighting for control of the toy. It's being ripped in half, and all around it, society is decaying to the point that you can't walk out the door. In a major city in this country, I tour. I'm going on 30, going to be in 35 cities between now and July. Okay, and you can't walk out the door in a major city without seeing some type of a hobbit going potty on the sidewalk. Yeah, that was never supposed to be the plan. America was supposed to be like a shining city on a hill. That's what Reagan called it. Now we're just like a, a fixer-upper on HGTV. It's a mess. The whole country is a disaster. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. So when I get on the radio, 
Okay, I'm not trying to further the division when I get on the TV show. I'm not trying to piss everybody off. I'm trying to give you a place where you can coexist and be pals. Uh, we can, you know, maybe bond around things we all agree that are true. Uh, maybe we can tactfully disagree. I don't really care one way or the other. Uh, but I'm not doing a conservative talk show. I'm doing an American talk show. I say that every time you call in. We have one rule on the show. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Now, if you want to badmouth the people that are running the United States of America, <laughs> come on down. Okay, and make no mistake about it. Okay, this isn't a bash Biden Twinkie munch for the next hour, although he's in charge and he's taking plenty of heat. I think the Republican Party's an embarrassment right now. Okay, what they've done in the House of Representatives, what Mitch McConnell is attempting to do with foreign aid for Ukraine and Israel and the Indo-Pacific nations. Okay, we had a Congress. Republicans barely control the House. Okay, and on the Senate side, our minority leader, Mitch McConnell, who does for all intents and purposes control the entire Republican Party legislatively in Washington. Okay, we were negotiating a border bill that didn't secure the southern border. So Republicans, in my opinion, were correct to not go through with the stunt. Biden was looking for legislative credit for putting out a fire he had set. Why do I say that? Because when Biden got into office, the first thing they did was sign a bunch of executive orders that repealed Donald Trump's border policies. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But he did it. Why? He did it because the Democrats ran on the grift that securing the border was racist. Okay, never mind that Democrats voted for border wall security under Barack Obama and under George W. Bush, meaning they didn't actually believe we should be building bridges and not walls. They just knew that was a lane to run in as a means of discrediting Trump. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, but. In an effort to get people on board with voting Democrat, they endangered the whole entire country. They opened the border up. Okay, it's caused a humanitarian crisis. It's let 8 million people into our country that we know of, another 2 million known gotaways. Okay, obviously the implications as it pertains to human trafficking and drug smuggling are immense. But even as someone who's just friends with a lot of teachers, okay, a lot of parents in my community are school, city school teachers, where the number one issue they were facing was school overcrowding. That was going into the school year, okay? Now a lot of these classes have added 20 new students, none of whom speak English. What Buenos dias. Okay, and at the end result of that is I wish no ill will towards these children that are coming here with their families to make a better life. But the reality is there were tens of millions of children in this country that have just been given a middle finger by this administration. Okay, and when you start to recognize the damage done by stuff like this, okay, you start to realize that the way we're doing our politics hurts us all in the long run. Because if it's more important to beat one side than it is to actually improve society, then it's just inevitable that society will be in a state of decline. And I'm on the road constantly, okay, constantly. You know who else is on the road? Michael. He's in Valdosta, Georgia. Michael! Hey, Jimmy. How's it going, buddy, on this Monday morning or Monday afternoon? Well, I'm still employed. (laughs) I'm still employed after that Saturday night show. 
Hey, let me tell you, that Saturday night show was a banger, as you like to say. I'm at home, and my wife and I got to watch it. And let me tell you, the steakhouse or gay bar game, oh, my gosh, that was so hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, this is what I have to do to be allowed to talk about food on the air because I can't talk about it directly because wardrobe is still trying to starve me. Ward, wardrobe won't allow it, huh? Nope. Did Let me ask you this. When you and your wife were on the couch, how did you do guessing whether the venue was a steakhouse or a gay bar? Were you good at it? It's hard, right? Yes. Yes, I killed it. She, not so much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the best... She, she, fell yeah. for some, she fell for some of your schemey tactics uh, with picking these places. So. Well, but, yeah, it was fantastic. I love that. Oh, that's awesome, Michael. I mean, that's the whole point of the game. It's like Saturday night, it's 10 o'clock. We're not supposed to care about anything. It's Saturday night on a 10 o'clock. Nothing. It's, you're not supposed to care about anything. What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Or whatever the hell you're going to do. And, and uh, we're and trying I to live up to that vi- campaign I promise. I love the video of your book signing. Did everyone in your family show up? No. So this is what's so funny. This is so funny. The Sunday, the, the Saturday signing with Dana Perino, we had like a thousand people there, just straight Jersey lunatics, Fox News fans, wonderful people. My book signing. Every everybody there, okay. I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the people there were people I'd never met in my life. But the minute this is so funny, the minute the cameras came on, my family who had been there for two hours, who I had no idea was even there, came just barreling out of the bookcases. My cousin, my mom, my aunt. I didn't even know they were there. Okay, I knew Jenny was there because she drove out to the event with me. But it's so funny that the minute the cameras come on, every member of my family shows up. It, it looked like we could have had that at my mom's house. <laughs> it's like a Fela reunion. Yep. Wow. It was funny. Did you see my mom in her gold mom, tassel jacket? Her Easy Rider jacket, as you described it. Yep. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, my, I don't know how my mom got by security, but we're going to work on that. We have a meeting today at 3. Oh, I, I was a lot more worried about Aunt Fran. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Funny. Uh, Michael, we'll take up this conversation later in the week, but I'm on Gutfeld tonight. If you make it home, me and the comedy dwarf will tell some jokes for you. Oh, you've got to outdo him, buddy. You've oh, got to outdo him, okay? Well, Don't let me down. The bar's low. Take care, Michael. There he goes, the great Michael. Says you got to outdo him. No, we like uh, me, me and Greg. I got to tell you, it's very funny. Um, as comics... We love to insult each other because that's what you do as a comic. You sit around in the green green room and just annihilate each other. But when we do it at tapings of TV shows, sometimes, like, the audience gets possessive. Like, they get, like, we'll make fun of each other. And the audience is like, well, well, I like that guy. What are you doing? And uh, it happened to him last time. I was on his show. Uh, He took a shot at me before we went live. And the audience, like, kind of, like, sort of booed him, not because they were mad at him, but because they wanted, they, like, they kind of root for us. And I need to remind you guys that, like, when it comes to us attacking each other on the air, comedy is pro wrestling. Like, The Undertaker and The Ultimate Warriors are friends. Like, I would take Gutfeld to Six Flags if I actually thought he could get on the rides. (laughs) Okay? The one ride nobody's taking is uh, another sequel to the Biden presidency. Okay? Face the Nation had on a historian over the weekend 
Uh, they asked him for a take on the Biden administration. Uh, all I will tell you about it, OK, is that this person is probably never getting booked on Face the Nation again. Uh, I'll play the clip and you'll hear why when we come back after this. Truman could have stayed on and Johnson and they both said, no, it's because their wives, their spouse said enough. That's not the case with Joe Biden. She likes power. She wants to stay. She wants some sense of revenge. She teaches I, in Virginia Community College. This milieu around our building here, this is, is her home. Um, and the idea of relinquishing it all uh, after you've taken the slings and arrows of the last uh, years of attacks. And at the last minute, just when you get all the delegates, you're going to say, I'm going to open it up to a bunch of people. It's, it's very childish when you read those kind of reports. Yeah. Okay, and that's essentially what he's trying to say is that Jill Biden, okay, the woman who was once nominated for Surgeon General by Whoopi Goldberg. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General, his wife. Yeah, because Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, he would never do it, but she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I just like her. I could be wrong. Maybe I thought she was. Yeah, I think she's she's a teacher, but. Dr. Jill should be a Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. (laughs) Dr. Jill, not a medical doctor, Whoopi. What would you do with a brain if you had one? And we know she's not a medical doctor. Why? Because if she was, she would have pulled Biden off the ticket already. You're absolutely right. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen, folks, I don't know who you pissed off to get this assignment, but Jason Chaffetz is on the show again. And uh, he might even do a, a short second break with us, and he's got a flight to catch. But joining us now... Uh, is the superstar host of the Jason in the House podcast, former congressman from the great state of Utah. I am talking about Jason Chaffetz. Hey, man. Hey, glad to be joining you. I love I Me love and you the... do great radio. Okay, well, I, I love having you on. We do great radio. <laughs> no, I say we do. The booth says no. I think it's a bit of a cheap shot in there. But anyway, it's great to see you. I, 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 love, the sh- I love the jacket. This one, the NASA jacket. Yeah, it's highly impressed. Well, here's the thing, okay? I wear a lot of NASA jackets around my TV show because you launch. You're launching. You need good energy. You need good vibes to get to the moon. Wow. That's... But there's there's no world where I think I'm going to become an astronaut. No like, world? No, no, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no nothing, okay? To be an astronaut, uh, you need to weigh about 100 pounds less than me, and you need to be Gutfeld's height. Okay? Yes. These are not big people. So I can't be in it. I might be able to drive the launch pad that they wheel out, but that's about as far as it goes. I think weightlessness would be really just fun. Yeah, you know, you sound like wardrobe now. They're always talking to me about less weight. <laughs> <laughs> Chaffetz was sent down here by Manny to stave at intervention. It's striking me down right on the air. Uh, so really quick, I just wanted a minute on this because we kind of talked about it in passing. I know we can't get into real detail. But the idea that Russia might have some type of a space weapon is not new, and it's something Trump was actually mindful of when he was being mocked for the Space Force. Yeah, this is the point I was making is there's a reason why Donald Trump created the Space Force. Uh You know, the Biden administration kind of mocked him uh, for this. Well, everyone did. They were like, oh, it was Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Jen Psaki was mocking him and all that. 
There is, in my opinion, having been in Congress, been in uh, classified briefings, I think there is a war going on in space right now. Uh-huh. And it, and the one who probably talks about it the best is Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and I, I want to make sure I get it right. But yeah. I'm pretty sure he said he thought that there in the next few years there would be 10 billion crafts out there in space. Just just flying around. Just flying around because <laughs> you have places like I read in Wired magazine you have like Indonesia or somebody like that is throwing up thousands. Is that crazy? Of, of things into space. And so you have the space force but if you if you look at the big major players, the United States, China, um, Russia, mm-hmm. some of these others, there is a very concerted effort to make sure that you can defend yourself and attack somebody else. Because From if you there. can take down all their communications, yeah, that's it, how you win a war. Because so much of what we do down here is predicated on what's going on up there. GPS for everything. Wow. That's crazy. So there's a reason why you have thousands of men and women covertly working on the space force so you tell me the only people were rooting for this russian space nuke are the people who sell paper maps because <laughs> if they wipe out your the GPS, mcgraw hill map makers funding this russia space nuke i just want to say it right now i kid jason chaffetz is in the studio uh we're under a minute before the break the only thing that makes me ever think we fake the moon landing by the way just so you want to know i don't want to get too too far off the grid maybe we can address this in the next segment Okay, is India just landed an unmanned vessel on the moon? Okay, the fact that they can't get a man on the moon, it's disconcerting to me because we call India for tech support. Like if something goes wrong with my phone, I call India and they tell me what to do with my phone. Yet we got to the moon 50 years before India. Unplug it, plug it back in. Yo, India, if you want to land on the moon, first ask me if it's plugged in. Are you on, are you on the Wi-Fi, India? Yeah. Why are we coaching you, India, on how to get to the moon? That's the only thing that doesn't hold weight with me, Chaffetz. Good point. But all Good your point. other theories do. So we're going to get into this in, in about three minutes because we have a commercial break. But Chaffetz tells it like it is. And the other thing I want to ask you about when we come back is I think, oddly, Trump is right about so much, but the manufactured hysteria around him has kept us from having a substantive conversation about moves like the one you just described with Space Force. Would you not say? Amen, brother. How's that for a tease? I just won back the Trump crowd. They were a little mad at me earlier in the show, but it's okay. It's going to work out. (laughs) I get a little something for everybody, folks. Don't go anywhere. Jason in the House podcast. Jason is in the House, and he's sticking around for a few more minutes when we come back on Fox Across America. It's America's life coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So Jason Chaffetz was supposed to stick around for another break. Just skip town. This guy's a serious ass. My kid, we love Chaffetz. He's got a flight back to Utah right now. So after I build it as a bonus Chaffetz, stick around. Chaffetz is gone. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Well, then Chaffetz, that wasn't the argument, Uh, but... If you're going to take it there, uh, don't discredit. There's a lot of there's a lot of chubby chasers out there that actually, you know, they see me on they they see me on the road. That boy is a pig. But unlike Animal House, they see it as a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think that's the case. The only point I was trying to make, I wasn't trying to compete with Chaffetz. I was just telling you that Chaffetz was supposed to be here and he had to go. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, that's how the white folks did us. But what Chaffetz was telling me off the air. 
This is the way this went down today. He wasn't even supposed to be on the show. I saw him in the halls this morning, and he started talking to me about space nukes because I had spoken about space nukes on Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon, my TV show. And I started talking to me about space nukes. And he said, you know, it's funny. I used to be in Congress, uh, and back when they started the Space Force, every Democrat was mocking Trump. They were like, oh, what is this, like Luke Skywalker stuff? Uh, Are you going to fight Darth Vader next? Look at Trump. He's like playing with toys in space. But at the time Trump actually went out and launched Space Force, he was doing so on behalf of a country that was almost – Two decades behind everybody else. That can't be good. Meaning the amount of vessels that are already up in space threatening to derail communications with other enemy combatant nations is in the hundreds of millions right now. Space is really, really crowded. Okay, and when Trump said he wanted a space force to get up there and address the issue of protecting American interest in space, he was mocked. Why? Because everyone's a bunch of children in the age of Trump. People who knew Trump, who went to his wedding, who watched him on Celebrity Apprentice, who just, you know, knew him as a character and didn't really have a strong emotional reaction to him one way or the other, suddenly turned the idea of hating Donald Trump and pretending he was an existential threat to all of us, they turned that into a lifestyle. We all know the people who spend their whole entire day hating Donald Trump so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Everybody knows that guy. My car won't start. It's friggin' Trump in January 6th. That's why. Struck out with that girl at the bar. Probably because them friggin' MAGA white supremacist Republicans. We all know these people. It's not healthy. It's not good. Okay, but the point is, it was so successful for the Democrats in terms of poisoning the well. Shout out to Taylor Austin Dye, by the way, country singer. She sings a song called Poison in the Well. But there is such a good um, political viability to what the Democrats did because by demonizing Trump and manufacturing the hysteria and denying us a substantive discourse, they made it very hard for people to recognize just how effective Trump was as a president. Bingo, man. Bingo. Okay, which is why right now the only reason Trump has a good shot at the White House again is because of just how bad the current administration contrasts against what Trump was doing. Okay, that's why we're in the position we're in. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Do you understand? If you hate Trump with all the fiber in your being, as a lot of people do, okay, But then you look out at polling that says 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. We're headed in the wrong direction. 76% of the country thinks that. Okay? Looking in reverse, you start to realize the other presidency wasn't nearly as bad as they told you. I think he's got a point. Okay. I mean, I do have a point. Yeah, well, the point is... Biden sucks! He's a disaster. Okay, so when it comes to this conversation about things Trump was proactively doing on behalf of the country for the betterment of the country, building a border wall, obviously good. We know that now because we're presiding over a record level of fentanyl poisonings and human trafficking is a two billion dollar industry at our border. It's really bad. Okay, demonstrating strength on the world stage as he did in wiping out an ISIS caliphate. Or telling Kim Jong-un that he was fat and short and to shut up and we were going to nuke him. People who don't value human life still have a tendency to value their own. 
That's why all the the pronoun diplomacy that we see from the Biden administration isn't doing anything to help us in the Middle East. They don't respect sanctions. okay? they don't respect democracy or decorum because they don't value human life. And even when it comes to something like sanctions, okay, the reason dictators don't respect sanctions is because sanctions, they don't affect the dictator. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay. Do you think when we sanctioned Russia over Ukraine, Putin like cut down on the hookers and the opulent meals? Do you think that went on? There's no world where he has to like tighten his belt and be like, oh, well, sanctions. No, he just passes them on to the little guy. But in this instance, the reason sanctions haven't affected the situation in the Middle East is because whatever belt tightening we did to them economically was completely offset by our domestic energy policy, which has enriched the people in Iran and Russia beyond all believable bounds. Why? Because when American energy comes off the market, okay, theirs becomes worth that much more money. So when you can talk about sanctions or the Putins of the world, the Iran, you know, Trump is tweeting bad things. He called Rosie O'Donnell a land whale. Whatever the hell, you know, he's, he has a means of describing people with sometimes a little too much candor. There's a slob. There's a real slob. <laughs> but you know what? It's effective. Like the fact that he used to call Jerry Nadler fat Jerry Nadler, and it dates back to their real estate days, tells you everything you need to know about the vindictiveness of guys like Chuck Schumer and Jerry Nadler. If you were around in the 80s and you had a nickname like Fat Jerry, That means everybody called you Fat Jerry, meaning if Trump was calling Jerry Nadler Fat Jerry in 1985, there's a very good chance that Jerry Nadler's children were calling him Fat Jerry Nadler. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. The for real, it's the way the 80s was. Somebody gave you a nickname. That was it. Okay, that was it. If you don't, you know, you don't believe me, ask my cousin Goat Humper. I mean, man, he's never gotten away from it. But the point is, and I might be working a little risque for this hour, and I apologize, but the world's on fire. The guy roasting the marshmallows isn't the bad guy. I'm being honest. Okay, but when it comes to this effort to sell you Biden as the picture of stability, to sell you, you know, the adults are back in the room, it sounds great until you see what the adults have done to the room. Okay, do you remember when Biden, okay, was... Man, oh boy, oh man, he was inaugurated January 20th, 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He was became the president that day, or his wife did, or Obama did, or something like that. But the point is, we were told when Biden spoke, we were told when he spoke by the media, this was the coordinated soundbite, the adults are back in the room. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. (laughs) Yeah, the adults are back in the room. They're doing so well. 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. Think about that. 
But everybody you just heard in that montage, okay, they were the reason we were denied a substantive conversation about Donald Trump. Okay, not about his character. It's all we ever talked about was his character. But what Trump was really doing, and you guys need to understand this from a policy perspective, Trump was a cover band politically. Okay, a cover band, meaning, you know, you know, guys that are like, you know, that's not that you're not going to see Def Leppard. You're going to see a band called Photograph. They dress like Def Leppard and they sing Def Leppard songs, a cover band. Okay, Trump, for all intents and purposes, was a cover band because the policies he ran on America first policies were policies a lot of people had run on, but didn't actually have uh, the cojones, if you will, to follow through on them. Once they got into office, okay, understand plenty of people ran on secure the southern border, which is why both Democrats and Republicans had voted for border wall funding under previous administrations. Okay, plenty of people had run on let's make our NATO allies pay their fair share, but they didn't do it. Plenty of people ran on moving the capital of Israel, okay, to Jerusalem. Okay, that's been in every party's platform for the last 40 years before Trump did it. And then the minute he did it, they were all like, we're going to die. Democrats are so full of crap. We were told the Trump administration would bring on World War Three because he moved the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. But what it ultimately did was it got uh, six Arabic speaking nations to normalize relations with Israel in the Abraham Accords. Trump brought stability to the Middle East. Now we have what looks like the brink of World War Three. The Houthis are attacking us. Hamas is attacking us. They're all being funded by Iran. Iran, who, of course, gave them, okay, the money. Iran, who, of course, got the money from the previous two Democratic administrations. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Totally. But the reason I had Chaffetz on today, Jason Chaffetz was on a little while ago, is in just a random conversation in passing. We weren't having a media conversation on the air. He was just talking to me about my TV show, and he said, hey, I saw you mention the space nukes. I got to tell you, it's the funniest story in the world, because when the Space Force was founded, we were like, this might be the most consequential thing a United President does in our life, the United States President does in our lifetime, and it's become such a source of mockery on social media where people knew only one way to process Trump, which was through mockery or demeaning whatever his achievements were. Because it became fashionable in liberal media circles. It became fashionable for Hollywood people to get out there and scream. Do you remember the Women's March? After Trump became president, a million people marched on Washington. That was absolutely dreadful. Of course it was. And what did they do? They wore hats of a woman's anatomy on their head. Do you remember that? They wore the the hat of the... I don't know what you'd call it, but they, they even had... Michael Moore was at the Women's March. They let him speak at the Women's March. Michael Moore. Not technically a woman, but he did have the biggest set of breasts at the event, so I guess you can let him up there. But the point is, they were parading around having die-ins as if it was the handmaid's tale, and women weren't going to have public rights anymore. Okay, Trump's the president. He hates women. I got to be honest with you. I don't know that he does. (laughs) Most of his problems stem from the fact that he likes them a little too much. If you follow the Stormy Daniels saga where he's been indicted for shagging a porn star. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, it was a manufactured hysteria. And everybody wanted a piece of it. Women are under attack. Gays are under attack. Even though Trump came out in support of gay marriage 15 years before any Democrat. Excuse me, 10 years. Trump went to Elton John's wedding in 2005. 
Okay, do you know what Joe Biden was saying about the Defense of Marriage Act a year before they legalized marriage in this country? I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Whoa, whoa, whoa! He should be behind bars! That's what the Democrats would say. But that's how they felt until it was politically expedient to change their position. The point is they've spent so much time manufacturing this threat assessment on behalf of, you know, America because of Donald Trump. But the damage being done to our institutions is really being done by the people who are trying to damage them as a means of stopping Trump. We've got to protect democracy. And the way you protect it is by jailing your political opponents, taking them off the ballot and bankrupting them. That's what they want you to believe. No, no, democracy is on the ballot, which is why we're taking an opponent off the ballot. Come on, don't bullshit me. That's what they're trying to do, Colorado and up in Maine. It's a joke. And when you have that type of hysteria, when that type of manufactured rage and people start to buy into it and believe it, it becomes impossible to have an honest conversation. Okay, Donald Trump was as tough on Russia as any president we've had in our lifetime. He was as tough on China as any president will ever have, which is also why he's not currently the president. Okay, believe me, China did not want him in office for another four years. Okay, it's a lot easier to get the doddering old guy who you've given tens of millions of dollars to his son to play ball on your behalf, you know? Hunter's a dirtbag. Oh, big time. But his dad's a lot more controllable than a guy like Trump, which is why we're never trying to have a straight-up conversation. No, we're too busy pretending Trump is an actual Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin, okay? This is what the Democrats spent the first three years of his administration saying. The campaign accepted help, which we know they did. Uh, the Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial evidence of collusion. The case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, You've said on more than one occasion that you've seen ample evidence of the Trump campaign's Russia collusion. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia. I've certainly... Certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion. Can you agree that there has been no evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia? Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy. But we... <laughs> I mean, dude. That is totally absurd. The Mueller probe, okay, found that there was zero evidence, not even a scintilla of evidence that Trump was colluding with Russia, okay? which means Adam Schiff, James Clapper, John Brennan, guys who actually were prominent figures in our intel community, were on TV every night saying Trump stole an election, okay, simply because they wanted to harm him politically. But that did more damage to the integrity of the intel community than anything, okay? When you want to talk about why people don't believe in our American institutions, it's not because we elected the guy from Celebrity Apprentice, it's because the establishment politicians couldn't stand the fact that we elected the guy from Celebrity Apprentice, which is why we can't have a substantive conversation about anything. Nobody talks uh, anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, mm. gee. 
A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with comedian Charles McBee in the next hour. And then I'm taking my talents off to the television. I'll be joining Greg Gutfeld tonight on Gutfeld, uh, 10 p.m. on the Fox News channel. Uh, and if you want to see me do stand-up in person, like actual comedy with an audience, all the fun stuff, uh, here are the dates on the Everybody Calm Down Tour, all of which are available at foxacrossamerica.com. So a week from this Friday, I'm starting a tour. It, it kicks off at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. If you're listening on KID, you better be there. Friday night, March 1st, we're at the Colonial. Saturday, March 2nd, the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. Then March 8th and 9th, I'm down in Florida. Fort Lauderdale, March 8th. Ponte Vedre, March 9th. Then March 29th, the Helena Civic Center. March 30th, the Fox Theater in Spokane, Washington. April 5th, we're back at Federal Way. Uh, And April 6th, we're back at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. April 13th, the Mars Music Hall in Huntsville, Alabama. May 11th, the Wetzel Performing Arts Center in Sarasota. May 12th, I'm in Orlando. Tickets are on sale yet, so I can't tell you where. May 18th, the Schubert June 1st, uh, might be in Indianapolis, but we are confirmed. June 7th, the Majestic Theater in Dallas. You better be there or you're dead to me. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Look who's back in action for a third hour of what we're calling a flat-out embarrassment of Radio Ridges. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your source for top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Charles McBee, not a part of that world. He's a superstar comedian. You see him on my TV show quite a bit. And uh, he was a former head writer for Charlemagne the God. And uh, he's, to be honest with you, pretty apolitical. He doesn't care. He's not like a passionate Republican. But he also thinks the Democrats are absurd because as a black man, Charles McBee has been very vocal about the fact that every four years the Democrats show up in his community, uh, shuck and jive, as he likes to say, and then expect support from his people. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Charles McBee uh, might have that problem uh, as a black man who admits he listens to Coldplay. I don't know that he could hold on to his black card between that and the whole Biden campaign. Uh, But we will get into what race he identifies as now (laughs) in this hour. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this action as well. Okay, there's two things going on right now. Uh, Early in this race for the White House. I Now, just so we're on the same page, I don't believe Biden's going to be the nominee. I believe a billion percent that he's coming off the ticket. At the convention. Tell him like it is. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Biden's going to be forced off the ticket, at which point the Democrats are going to bring on a younger nominee with less baggage, doesn't have the Hunter Biden issue, doesn't have the dementia issue, okay, doesn't have the special counsel report from Robert Herr that Amy Klobuchar is now being forced to defend on NBC News. We'll play those clips in this hour. And I do believe Biden will ultimately come off the ticket. But what's going to determine between now and August whether or not he does is not whether Biden can speak in complete sentences or whether he continues to talk to dead people. Okay, if somebody you know is talking to dead people once, you usually get him out of there. Okay, Biden has talked to dead people publicly five times, okay, that we know of. But they keep telling us behind closed doors, oh, no, you don't understand this guy, Joe Biden. 
This guy is sharp as a tack behind closed doors. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay. Here is, okay, what you need to know about where we're at. I personally don't believe Biden stays on the ticket. Okay, but no matter what happens between now and then, there's going to be two dueling narratives. Democrats trying to sell you on the fact that Biden is sane while also selling you on the fact that Trump is an existential threat that's going to get us all killed. That's going on right now. I'm going to play you clips in this hour where, as you know, Vladimir Putin, a thug and a dictator, killed his top political rival last week in in Russia. Okay, there are people on the left that are now saying Putin only did it because of Trump. That is offensive, and it is not true. But they come into this claim because, if you remember, last week while Trump was on the campaign trail, he said people who aren't paying their, paying their fair share of NATO membership fees are ripping off America. And he wouldn't be expected to defend NATO nations who are making America foot the bill for the defense while also doing business with Putin when it comes to energy. So Trump said, personally, if they're not NATO, I would tell Putin to, I would tell Putin to do whatever the hell he wants. Well, lo and behold, a week after Trump said that, Putin killed his top political rival. There's only one small problem. Putin has spent the last 30 years killing his top political rivals. Correct the mundo. This idea that Putin was waiting for permission from somebody like Donald Trump. You know, it's just a guy, Putin, who just, you know, drives the speed limit, just minds his own business. Has a long storied history of his opponents dying of old age. Guys, Vladimir Putin's the same guy who plays in that Russia national hockey game and scores 11 goals in a game, which is farcical. But one of the reasons he does is because when this guy shoots on goal, he really shoots on goal. Like nobody wants, nobody wants to block his shot or they'll mysteriously slip on a banana peel uh, that's positioned next to the highest bridge in Moscow. Okay. So there's two things in play that we have to sift through as a people between now and August when Biden comes off the ticket. One is the effort being made to sell you that he's a good guy. The other is the cartoonishly shameful claim that Trump is trying to hand America over to Vladimir Putin. I have a lot of clips to support it. But if you understand, you don't get back to a Russia sequel after the first one tanked as hard as it did in the Mueller probe if you've got anything else to sell the American people. So when you see Democrats like Amy Klobuchar, you know, out there defending Biden or you see the Democrats on MSNBC like, you know, Joe Scarborough trying to tell you it's Putin time. They even trotted out Liz Cheney to claim Putin's in charge of the Republican Party. Why is Liz Cheney doing that? Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. He's desperate. OK, but these are the two dueling lanes we have to sift through. OK, this is the team on the schedule. This is what we're going to do a little talking about. But let's start with Klobuchar telling you Joe Biden is sharp as a tack. Clip 11. I've got a comment on this just from my own personal experience. I was on uh, Air Force One with the president going from Minnesota to uh, Wisconsin for going from Washington, D.C. to Wisconsin for an infrastructure project. And I was with the president for over an hour and talked about so many things, domestic, international. He was focused. His recall was good. It was the same experience that my colleagues had who met with him for hours, Democrats and Republicans, about the Mideast only a few weeks ago. <laughs> oh, come on, Klobuchar. You are a sad, strange little man. No, you don't understand. Biden is sharp as a tack behind closed doors. You don't see it in public. I understand. You know, I get it. 
86% of the country thinks he's nuts. But behind closed doors, it's a totally different Biden. Oh, shut up, woman. You have to. Okay, we would have seen it by now. And it's my favorite thing in the world about the whole Biden cognitive state thing. This is the classic example of the guy who says he has the really hot girlfriend, but she doesn't live around here. No, no, we have a really sharp president. He just doesn't live around here. Can we talk to the sharp president? No, no, he's on a modeling shoot. But I'm telling you, sharp as attack. Okay, that's what's going on. Here's a little more Klobuchar, clip 12. I think that we've got to evaluate what's happening right now by, one, what he has done, which is bring us out of this pandemic. First time that we're finally seeing negotiation of prescription drug prices and focused on what matters to the American people and compare what he is doing to what we've got as the alternative on the Republican side, which is Donald Trump, who is nothing but standing up week by week for chaos. Oh, gosh. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Trump is standing up for chaos. That is a fact check false. Trump secured the border. They undid his border policies through executive order. Okay, meaning we had cut border crossings by 80%. Biden got into office and rescinded the border wall. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Created a lot of chaos. Okay, remain in Mexico, which forced people apprehended at our southern border to remain in Mexico until their asylum case was granted. Okay, by repealing that policy, they created a lot of chaos. Why? Because it sent the message to people that if they were apprehended into the, at the border, they were going to be let into our country, which is why the border has become a $2 billion industry for drug traffickers and human smugglers. Okay, it was Biden's policies that created the chaos. Okay, defunding the police... Okay, that was a pretty popular thing. Let me know if anybody in this montage sounds Republican, okay? Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the, um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. (laughs) The reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! But you understand those are liberals, okay, that wanted to defund the police. No more cops. Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. But you understand, what what is Amy Klobuchar trying to sell you? Oh, Trump, he, he stands up for chaos. Okay, Trump didn't have us on the brink of World War III. He didn't have the border overrun. He didn't have the crime rates through the roof. Didn't have a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Okay, it's all Biden. It's all the end result of Democratic policies. That's why so many people are fleeing liberal-run states, because that is a microcosm of what they've done to the country in Washington. And the reason they have to try to sell you this angle, okay, is because 
there's no case to be made for four more years of Democratic leadership given the state of the country. Okay, so what they've got to do is they've got to tell you, well, you understand, though. I understand it's bad and 76 million people think it's going the wrong way. But if Trump comes back, that means Putin's in charge. That They're still running this play like it's an Austin Powers movie and Dr. Evil has seized control of the country. That's what they're telling. This is what Liz Cheney's saying on CNN. Uh, Russia will be in charge. You shut your mouth, you bastard. Here it is. Clip 18. You know, when you think about Donald Trump, for example, pledging retribution, um, what Vladimir Putin did to Navalny is what retribution looks like in oh, a country boy. where the leader is not subject to the rule of law. Um, and, and I think that we have to take Donald Trump very seriously. We have to take seriously the extent to which, um, you know, you've now got a Putin wing of the Republican Party. Uh, I believe the issue this election cycle is making sure the Putin wing of the Republican Party does not take over the West Wing of the White House. I mean, no. That was embarrassing. Liz Cheney, worried about the Putin wing taking over the White House. That's what they're running with. Can't have a president who's above the law, you know, unless it's a president who special counsel Robert Hur said knowingly and willingly broke the law, but we're not going to charge them anyway. That's that's what the ruling was from the Hur special counsel. That's not right. Okay, but they said he's an old doddering man. He would likely portray himself in front of a jury as a sympathetic elderly man with a poor memory. That's what they said about Biden. And that's why he's not being charged, because they think he's nuts. God save the queen, man. Okay, so understand. Okay, when it comes to presidents being above the law, we flat out were told we have to let this president be above the law, Joe Biden. When it comes to retribution, Joe Biden is jailing his political opponents. Okay, being Donald Trump. When it comes to retribution, Joe Biden has unleashed a wave of liberal prosecutors that don't arrest murderers, but lo and behold, want Donald Trump to pay $355 million in damages for financial crimes that didn't have a victim. Again and again and again, no bank says they were victimized by Trump. No lender, no bank, no borrower, nobody. Okay, Trump is being charged with murder, but nobody died. It's the weirdest thing in the world until you realize how hellbent they are on actually gaining retribution over opponents, doing the Putin thing they're trying to warn you about. Okay, but here's Ted Lieu from California, flat out saying Trump is to, is to blame for the Navalny death. Clip 19. I think we have to ask ourselves, why did Navalny all of a sudden die at this point in time? I first of all agree with President Biden that Russia is responsible for his death. Also, what happened in a few days leading up to his death? Well, we had former President Donald Trump essentially say that Russia should attack European countries. That is crazy. That is traitorous language. Russia certainly was listening, and I think they thought, hey, we now have a green light to do all sorts of crazy stuff. And if Trump were to be president, Putin would have even more latitude. Oh, my goodness. Great. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Guys, I just I want you to understand Vladimir Putin is a dictator. He's been killing his political rivals for decades. I'm not telling you that's good, but what I'm telling you is dictators don't operate with the world's opinion in mind. That's true. That is true. Okay, because if you wanted to be held in favorable regard, you wouldn't be a dictator. That's true. That is true. <laughs> when you start jailing your rivals and killing your opponents and starving a percentage of your people, okay, you cease to be credible on the world stage. But Ted Lieu would have you believe... That because Trump said 
He's not going to put up with NATO members not funding themselves. Russia was listening, and they had a green light to do. Because, you know, time was when Russia invaded another nation and annexed Crimea or Russia rolled into Ukraine. They waited around for American permission before they went out and did it. Like, seriously, does that mean Biden gave Putin permission to invade Ukraine when he said we would tolerate a minor incursion? Okay, does that mean Obama gave them permission, okay, in Crimea? No, it just means they did whatever the hell they wanted to because they didn't believe in the people running our country at the time. But when folks get out there, no, no, you understand, this is a Trump thing. Okay, for real, on the world stage, if this is what our leadership believes, okay, then they are, you know, not to be taken seriously by anybody else out there. Like, you understand, like, if the rest, if you think people in China really believe that Vladimir Putin is waiting for permission from anyone before he does anything? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. You think Xi Jinping is waiting for permission? He's a dictator. He's president for life. He doesn't care what anybody says because nobody can say anything he doesn't like or they're dead. Okay, but this is where we find ourselves between now and Election Day. We got a guy with dementia. The only way they can prop him up is to tell you Trump is some type of a Russian stooge. But in the process of making that case, okay, we've become a laughingstock to the rest of the world. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. I want to talk about fighting the wrong battles. Here's the mayor of Kansas City. We have a shooting last week at a Super Bowl parade. Persons dead, at least 22 are hit, the vast majority of which are children. Here's the mayor taking exception to the governor using the term thugs to describe the shooters. More concerned. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yes, God went out. Time was you could shoot somebody. You didn't have to worry about being called names. This is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. Listen to this clip, clip 24. I'm struck by Governor Parsons' comments. He's going to join us later on in this program. After the shooting, he said, we can't let some thugs and criminals just take over and ruin what happened. I gather that's not quite your assessment of what happened that day. I have respect for the governor. Uh, We get along well. I, I disagree strongly with uh, how he would describe that situation. I, I certainly do think this was criminal activity. It was lawlessness, and I think that uh, that's troubling. But thugs is a dog whistle in the most classic sense, and I have seen this dog whistle time and again. There's this kind of giant conservative theory on social media now that the reason that monk shots haven't been shown is because the purported defendants are black, and if it were a white defendant, we would have just shown them. It is Absolutely preposterous. There are protections to juveniles. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. Okay, the point is, okay, protections of juveniles aside, okay, and I get that. There are laws in place. We shouldn't be protecting the language we use to describe murderers. That's everything you need to know about the world we're living in right now. Someone was shot and killed, a fine, lovely woman, okay, who had a loving family, okay, 22 other people that we know of, the vast majority of which were children, also shot and injured, okay, and we've got a mayor 
who's literally on the radio taking exception to how we s- describe the bad guys instead of the victims. This is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fired up to get this next best guest back on the show. I'm so excited I can't even speak English. Uh, superstar comedian. He was just writing for the Emmys. He was on Fox News Saturday night and had all of his answers edited out of strip club or daycare. Charles McBee here to push back against the man. Yo, yo. Oh, I lost you. Where is he? What'd you do with McBee? What'd you do with him, you kids today? Hold on one second. Could be all kinds of hilarity ensuing. We got I was fight. on mute. Oh, you were on mute. Meanwhile, my man Justin, who does an A-plus job in the booth, literally scrambling like a- aliens just landed in Times Square. <laughs> Look at you just giving it back to I had a good to... one. I had a nice zinger, and it, nope, gone. Does it work now? like a fart in the wind. Oh, McBee. Well, anyway, it's good to get the band back together. Uh, there you go. I know you've been all over the map. You you know what's funny? You were in, me and you were in L.A. Might, might have even been at the same time. But isn't that your favorite thing in the world, how two people are like, oh, you're going to be there? I'm going to be there. We should hang out. But if you don't hang out here, what are the odds you're actually ever going to meet up out of state? Exactly. The number of times that you and I had to, like, try to mitigate some type of hang in literally in Ohio because yes. you happened to be there with Jenny. Um, and I happen to be there with my parents. I'm like, we live in New York. <laughs> we even but, like we haven't even taken the car ride where I've like, oh, you know, how many times over the years we've discussed me giving you a ride to Ohio when I go to see Jenny's family. Yeah. And it's, nope. it's never happened. That's, be- that's because things happen so fast here in New York. You literally just don't have the time. And it's not until you leave New York that you realize that things have slowed down and now you can actually look a person in the eye. Imagine that. Well, I just listen. I thank you for making the logistical case because most people were wrongly blaming my real racism. <laughs> it's not a factor in this instance. I kid. Charles McBee's on the line. Listen, being your one black friend has uh, <laughs> thoroughly helped my my career. Good so for you. Good, good for you, McBee. It's a win-win for both. Of I'll take. I'll. T- I listen. I will take the shot, however unjust it might be. But uh, <laughs> good, good, good to hear your voice. Uh, what you call it? Have you ever cared less about politics than you do right now? You know what? I can't think of a time where I've cared less. I, I it's. I've truly checked out, and so, I, I mean truly checked out. Well, the the Charlemagne comment today. Uh, and I know you have your own opinions, but you frequently wind up weighing in on his just because you worked on the show, and he knows better than to come on to this one. He's got, you know, he's got a whole life and a career. The last thing he needs to <laughs> right. do is besmirch the character he has built in the community. He's not like me. He has yeah, things yeah. to lose. No, yeah. <laughs> but all he said about Biden is, and I think it's a great quote, he said he doesn't have leading man energy. Meaning, like, if you're watching a movie, you wouldn't expect, you know, this guy can't lead a movie. You know, you're not going to watch it for two hours and think he's going to save the day. I think, right. you, I think you know, we didn't need to hear that out of Charlemagne for any of us to feel that way. But the reason I brought it up is, has the game of politics changed in the sense that you almost have to have leading uh, man energy in the age of social media? Has the, has the game changed in that when Biden's done, everyone's either going to be a Trump or an Obama, meaning someone incredibly charismatic or, in Trump's case, just wildly entertaining? Nah, 
I don't know. I think, honestly, I mean, you can look back to, uh, you know, when television first appeared, you didn't have to be have a leading man anything. But when John Kennedy hit the scene and they had the debate with uh, Nixon, him and, and what's-his-face, whoever he beat back then, Nixon. it was the fact that he was— he had leading man energy is what what took him over the you know over yeah. the over the hump. So yeah. I think ever since ever since then we've kind of had needed that in politics. However, it's really kicked up. It really kicked up with you know Obama with, with President Obama. But you know after Trump, it's like this. I don't even know if leading man energy. <laughs> It's the right word now. You, you got to have a whole other type of energy now for people to be engaged. <laughs> you need that Burning Man energy. You need to be like <laughs> right. high, <laughs> high and you got to be high and nuts. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's true. It's like holding an attention span is definitely a different thing. And it is. We're, we're, nobody runs for president anymore. I feel like everyone's running for class president. That's the problem. And yeah. I do think that's a Biden challenge because if you stood Biden in front of a classroom right now. Uh, he does come off like a substitute teacher that wouldn't have control of the class. Like if you had, for real, if you were in high school and either Trump or Biden pushed a VCR into the room and said the teacher was out, do you, I mean, do you, do you think there's any world where Biden could maintain order? Well, well, here's the thing. The classroom would be insane and out of order. But it would just be it would just be dependent on whether we're taking over the classroom because because Biden's in control or whether Trump just comes in with a pair of boxes on his head <laughs> and completely flips over the desk. And well, we're, we're standing there going, what the heck is going on? Well, here? I'll get right. I'll give you the two scenarios then. Charles McBee is on the line because this is the way I see it. Biden, the minute he opens his mouth and he's not completing sentences and he's a mess, the kids are going to take advantage of that sub. I concede that Trump is also a parade float, but where I think Trump would control a classroom is he is going to bring a VCR, but he's going to put on a video full of, full of porn stars that he hooked up with. And that'll That's at right. least get the boys to behave and ask questions, no? I'll give you that one. It's going to be on his terms, I'll tell you that. The chaos <laughs> will be on his terms. You don't expect to see a Stormy Daniels video in Homeroom, but uh, here we are. <laughs> You know, it's a different world, McBee. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. One other thing I wanted to throw at you because I just thought it was funny. There's a lot of, and the race hasn't really started yet. I don't think, the, I actually don't think the presidential race starts till Biden comes off the ticket because I think at the convention, they're pulling him out. I think they're pulling him for Kamala or Gavin Newsom or somebody else. Are you willing to put better dollar? Dude, I'll bet you anything. You want to know why? Because I can cover my bets. I bet Hannity on the air. I bet Hannity 500 bucks. Now, he has to pay me, okay, Hannity, whatever we decided the Hannity currency exchange is, because obviously he makes, you know, a bazillion dollars and I'm getting paid in fruit roll-ups. Right. But, but the point is, uh, I bet Hannity on the air like 1000 bucks. So, yes, I'll bet you anything, because if I hedge my Hannity bet, I could probably pay off whatever you want. <laughs> But you think I'll he's take, staying I'll on the ticket? I'll, I'll do the I'll do the trading places one dollar. You say one dollar, but you say he stays on the ticket. I think so. I just don't think they have it in them. They have it in them as a party to 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 take them off the ticket. I just don't think that they they're that gangster. You know what, man? I think they really do want to win. I think their problem with being that gangster is it's not the getting rid of Biden. I think obviously it's the Kamala thing. Because if so much of your party platform is pandering to black voters in the age of identity politics, could they get away with taking a black woman off the ticket right now? 
That's a good point. I don't think they can. I don't think, I don't think they can either. So that's another reason that I'd, I'd win the dollar. Wow. You're making the case for me. By the way, if anybody wanted any doubt about how sad show business is, McBee is really fighting for this dollar. It's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thousand. It's not a, just to give you guys an idea of how volatile our industry is. Like he's not only fighting for the dollar, but my responses are very measured because I understand how this game changes fast. <laughs> Listen, the strike was not kind to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I did fine during the strike, but I'm aware that there's a fine line between appearing on a Times Square billboard and handing out comedy passes underneath it. Right. You know, <laughs> having been on both sides of this equation, it's a real thing. Uh, exactly. So there's that going on. The other thing I wanted to throw at you, because it's I felt like, and you wrote for the Emmy, so this is worth bringing up. I felt like this award season, at least so far, has been a little bit of a return to normalcy, meaning Hollywood, in my opinion, rightfully so, is doing award shows that focus on the award winners and the content, which I think they should do because, number one, it helps the country to have that common culture where we're not divided over politics. But number two, celebrities have the greatest lives in the world. I don't think they should ever be so dumb as to risk it by trying to pretend they're like the rest of us because they're not. Yeah, I, we've we've been saying that for a while. I also think that Joe Joe Coy just scared the crap out of everybody. And <laughs> it's not and, politics. It's just it's just you don't want to be the guy who bombs, right? And so now it's just like you know what? <laughs> Let's just play it safe and have some fun. Who cares? You just don't want to. You don't want to Joe Coy it up. Yes, I got to tell you, man. Joe Coy bombing uh, at the Golden Globes. And as we discussed it, not only bombing, but on a level where he tried to nuke the writers who had nothing to do with him bombing. (laughs) That's a really bad place to find yourself in. You're right. So essentially, if you're writing jokes for an award show, you've now got to write jokes that you think have 100% support in the room. You can't write to a 30% niche because if the 30% doesn't get it, the other 70% are already out the window, and you're now half your joke away from Joe Coy. So you're telling me Joe Coy might have saved award shows from being right. politicized. Unsung hero, Joe this is, Coy. This is why you bring McBee on. So you know how, like, when something horrible happens, they name a law after it? <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe Bullcoy's contribution to award shows. There's, like, a Joe Coy rule. I love he's that. Made them, he's made them halfway watchable. <laughs> That's an old Rodney Dangerfield joke. Rodney Dangerfield's a great joke. He goes, he's like, yeah, I went to the doctor. He said, I got some good news. I got some bad news. I said, Doc, what's the good news? He said, they're going to name a disease after you. <laughs> and that's kind of it. <laughs> oh, Rodney. He's oh, the best. Oh, Rodney. So, McBee, uh, maybe, because this is why, you know, you come on out of nowhere. You barrel in like Kool-Aid right through the wall, pair of roller skates and everything. But you give us a hypothesis that might actually be, that's a real hypothesis. I wanted to believe that award shows were retreating to the middle for their own good. And in a roundabout way, you're saying they are. But it's not for fear of politics. It's for fear of bombing in the politics of the room. That's a yeah, great it's a side effect because not only are you bombing in the politics of the room, the ratings are bombing, everybody's, but the whole network is bombing. <laughs> nobody and nobody wants to be, despite their support for Hamas in the outside world. Nobody wants to be Hamas on stage. Exactly. <laughs> this we have nowhere to go with this. Like in the in a ten minute morsel of analysis, you have just crystallized.
the rejuvenation of Hollywood award shows. As that's what comedians are supposed to be doing. Take a bow, McBee. The next time I see you, we'll be on the TV set. All right. And I got a pair of uh, Trump sneakers headed your way. <laughs> Admit you respect those sneakers on some level. I do do you not? not? No. <laughs> I'm not saying you'd wear them. I wouldn't wear them. I mean, I've worn more ridiculous things. But is it is it not funny how they can merchandise anything that happens to him? Oh, no, it's, it's, uh, the whole thing is It's all hilarious. Trust me. All of it is hilarious, and I am having a ball throwing spitballs from the back of the room. No, it's, it's great. Spot on. But there's nothing more American than what he does in terms of being a capitalist. Like, the first thing you notice, as sad as this is to say, the first thing you notice if you take the Ground Zero tour where September 11th happened is there's a real big gift shop. Real big. And uh, that is getting paid in cash and credit. Every No matter what happens in this country, in a capitalistic country, somebody is showing up with a cash register immediately. Listen, the, the, the reason a comic, after, after they've just performed for an hour on stage, the reason they're out in the lobby with a table set up is not because they really love beer coolers and freaking you know <laughs> koozies yeah beer koozies okay they got bills they got taxes they got they got baby mamas after them there's all kind of stuff going on so you you get creative all right <laughs> so you, you do what you got to do to pay off the to pay off the shark so you know how trump has the never back down sneakers are you telling me uh greer barnes is selling never pull out sneakers I listen, I will, you will not hear me besmirch the great Greer Barnes name. <laughs> Good for you. All right. That was uh, Charles. That, that sound you hear was Charles McBee smiling and nodding his head yes and not responding <laughs> to the joke. Uh, well played. I, 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 for a guy who hates politics, you are a diplomat to the core. <laughs> if you haven't learned that about me by now, you, you don't know me. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Charles Fairweather McBee. We'll do it again soon. All right, buddy. My man. The great Charles McBee. I got to tell you, man, I, I stand for that analysis. So Joey Coy, if you guys didn't watch the Golden Globes, and judging by the ratings, you did not watch the Golden Globes. <laughs> uh, but Joey Coy bombed so bad as the host of the Golden Globes. And McBee is saying the reason they got a little bit less political at the Emmys, he's a guy who wrote for the Emmys, is at their core, people don't want to bomb. Which makes sense if you're up there to do stand-up. And you're getting crickets. It's not the best feeling in the world, you dig? That's why there's that part of me that does feel bad for Stephen Colbert. But thankfully, they've got a guy with a cattle prod that's zapping the audience into laughing. Ah! But it's terrible. And Colbert is as funny as an orphanage on fire on Christmas Day. It's sad. Sad to watch. But that's what happens when you have activism masquerading as comedy. And that's what victimized a lot of our award shows. Award shows, you basically were turning them on to celebrate the inequity in our lives, okay? Hollywood actors make $35 million a movie to pretend they're doing real-world jobs. Think about that. Guy plays a cop in a movie, makes $20 million, $30 million, more than most cops are going to make in 30 or 40 lifetimes, okay? And they get celebrated, surround themselves with starlets, and get handed awards, okay, for doing it. And then one day they wanted to start showing up to these award show ceremonies and acting like victims. That's what they were doing. Shut up! Will you shut up? And that's why people started to tune them out. But lo and behold, Joey Coy bombing might have saved them from themselves. Because if you just go back to focusing on the whole point of award shows, then Hollywood celebrities can stick to doing what they do best, 
which is cocaine. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, bottom of the ninth. Your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon about to become your TV buddy. We head over to Gutfeld class up the joint. Me and Greg Gutfeld getting the band back together. 10 o'clock on the Fox News channel. Uh, if you missed Fox News Saturday night, uh, you're kind of dead to me. But you can Lazarus your way back into the friendship. If you go check it out, it's at the Fox Across America Facebook page. We've dropped some clips there. It's also on my Twitter at Jimmy Fela, where we've posted some clips as well from my fill-in stint on The Five this past Friday. I was filling in for little old Greg Gutfeld. Uh, shout out to him for having me. Shout out to them for having fine guests uh, and fine taste in fill-ins. Uh, but as we wrap things up today, it's so funny. What I was talking to McBee about with award shows and politics and everything in between, uh, this week is going to be such a stupid week because right now all the media outlets that kind of weren't touching Biden – are back in on talking about the issues with Biden. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. That makes for a new type of media because suddenly we're having honest conversations for a few minutes. But you understand they need a counterweight to that. So if they're going to sit there and admit that Biden has some type of cognitive impairment, they need to counter that because there's a lot of people tuning into the media networks on the left not to hear bad things about Democrats, but to be told that they're smarter and better and morally superior to Republicans. So for every one report about Biden accurately having some type of dementia, you can expect 12 to 15 reports of Trump being a Russian asset that's going to get us all killed. The media is a bunch of losers. Sure are, but... They've got a lot of <laughs> they've got a lot of losers to placate. Uh, so this is going to be whoa! What an ugly, stupid week of media. You know, you got to be a mutter if you want to make it in talk radio in this day and age. You know, in horse racing, they say you know you want to win horse races, you got to be a mutter. You got to be able to run on a sloppy track. Well, put on the fancy horseshoes, Buttercup, because we're going to be running in filth all week long. <laughs> Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.